Welcome everyone to the One Up Formula Podcast. It's your host Morgan J. Ingram here, and as always, we are bringing founders, innovators, and empowering people to share what are they doing outside of their work and career to be successful. And so today we have Laura. Is it Burden? And then also saw is it two last names? I, I make sure this is right. I know. <laughs> I, it's very intro. confusing. I've been doing two last names, and I've decided to go with one last name now. So my last name now is Batoyu. So let, let me give you a background on Laura here. So so for context, I started following Laura on Instagram maybe about two months ago. And I've been like getting really into reels as of late. So if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I've been doing these like crazy reels and people are like, what are you doing? And I was like, it's, it, they're fun to make. So you, sh- you should do it, right? And so I'm really big into investing, as you all know, into, into education. I bought Laura's course. I watched it in a day. And then I was like, and then I hit her up and I was like, this is a great course. And then she 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 replied back and then we just chatted and I was like, watch more of her content. And I realized that she's someone that would be great for the show. Real quick, I want to show some love to one of our sponsors, Lesson Lee and my guy, Kyle Lacey over there. It's a powerful yet simple readiness and training software for high growth sales teams. And as we all know, it's a virtual environment, so it's really important to have the remote teams on the same page so they can deliver amazing experiences to the customers and prospects. And I love their motto, by the way, do better work, check them out. They're helping major brands like HelloFresh, Goodwill, Birchbox, and Thrive Market do success. And a lot of their clients are saying that their software gives them a lot more confidence in the way that they onboard their new reps and their existing reps. That's massive. So if you're in the market for it, check them out. Easy to use, easy to adopt. It's lessonly.com. So it's L-E-S-S-O-N-L-Y.com. And you can also click the link in the show notes to get there as well. So I'll give you her background. So she launched her social media agency in 2018. And I believe that was while you were managing a restaurant doing brand design, web design, social media, the whole thing, photography, everything, (laughs) (laughs) the the whole thing. Right. So, and then from there you realized you were like, okay, I can do more than just the restaurant. So that grew into helping entrepreneurs, helping small businesses around how do you really do social media the right way without it being overwhelming and also having fun with it. So, if you go watch her reels, you know what I'm talking about. She has fun with it. So the thing from there is she's now worked with over 75 businesses, over 400 students she's had with courses. I believe you came out with a new course. Yeah, I just uh, launched a membership. Yep. In yeah. membership as well. So she's doing incredible things in the space. I think some of her clients have been in, in multiple places. I think Forbes is, is yeah. one of them and, and as well. So she, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> And I'm really excited to have her on and, and dive into what's going on in her life that's making her successful and, and continuously seeing success. So anything that I missed there, Laura, anything you want to add? No, I think that was a really great introduction. I'm super happy, super excited to dive in and get started. Awesome. So we asked a couple questions before we get into the three things, the meat of the conversation. My first question for you is your favorite. So your favorite movie is Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> so, so why Fight Club? I got, I got, it's, it's one of my favorites too, but why for you? Okay. So this is a funny story. My youngest sister was like, oh, you should watch Fight Club. And this was like, I don't know, maybe 2010. And my youngest yeah. sister, 
she was kind of um like I don't want to say an extremist but she was like kind of like she to me at the time I was like wow she has like really out there ideas like she was super into like manifestation energy like energetic energetic the woo woo is what we call it the woo woo thank you that is the word she was super into woo woo so I was like I'm not gonna like this movie so I didn't watch it and then maybe five years later I was out with a bunch of friends one night we went to a club we're like eh, not really feeling it we went home and at like 2 a.m my friend was like we should watch fight club and I was like whatever I'm tired let's watch it yep watched it and I was like mind blown because at the time it really showed everything I was feeling. Like I'd been working all these jobs that felt super dead. And um, I was like questioning, like, what is this all for? Why am I here? Kind of having like an existential crisis, yeah. a quarter life crisis. And I watched this movie and I think because of the time I watched it at, it was just like so good and just what I needed at the time. Um, and so refreshing. It's unlike anything I'd ever seen before. So I love that movie. I'd love to go back to it and just like remember why I loved it so much in the first place. Yeah, it's such an interesting movie. Yeah. And I remember I watched it the first time and I thought I knew it was going on. Yeah. And then as you get towards you it, you're like, you're like, oh wait, I, I thought I had this on lock. I did not. Yeah. The twist <laughs> is just like, wow, it makes you like really question everything. It's it's a great movie. I love it. So what are your top five then? Top five movies. Okay, so I love Fight Club. Um, I really love Shawshank Redemption. Same thing. I love the yep. themes that are there. Um, I think I was in grade 10 or 11. We like had to do it as a film study in class. And like, once you really understand like the different imagery and the symbolism and like the screen and how they, how they kind of tell a story without telling the story. Um, I was like, this is amazing. Like I'm obsessed. So that's another one. Um, I really like Mean Girls, which I'm embarrassed to say. Um, but it's, I a, like, it's a good, it's a good movie. I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you know what? You I relate it. to it. Like I was from South Africa, started in a new high school. So I was like, I am Katie Heron before she goes crazy. I was say you're, you're the mean girl. Right? Or, I know or, I'm the or, not or mean before. girl. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. We've got to clarify like, for the audience. I'm, I'm the good, the good <laughs> Katie Heron. Um, what else are my top five? You know, it really changes. Like I recently watched Fighting With My Family. That was like a random movie that I watched and that was really good. Um, and then what else? I don't know if this counts. I'm going to say Yellowstone, the TV show, because I've watched it like three times now and I'm okay. dying for season four to come out. So. <laughs> okay, you can, you can yeah. add it in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, making my own rules today. <laughs> I, oh, I think those are all solid ones. It's I knew you were going to say Shawshank or you're going to say Inception based on you liking Fight Club. Okay, you know what? Can I go back and change my answer a little you, bit? You can, you can. Go ahead. Parasite. Have you seen Parasite? Okay, so no, it keeps coming up on my like recommendations, and I haven't watched it, so I feel like based on your reaction, I feel I like you it. need to stop this interview and go watch <laughs> it right now. It was brilliant. I, I maybe I should make a list of my top five because I feel like it's I forgot about it because I don't watch it often. I think I've, yeah, seen, sure. it, I've seen it like twice now, but every time it's like chilling, like goosebumps, like absolutely brilliant. So I feel like you would love it. Okay, cool. So that is on the list for me yeah. to watch. I will report back to you and let you know Please how do, I yeah. felt about it. Okay. All right, cool. So I was listening to a podcast that you were on and you mentioned the Scandinavian spa in Whistler. So good. And it, I've never been more zen in my life. Like, Have you I been there? Yeah, I've been there. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that place yeah. is amazing. It was insanely incredible so my, my question to you is do you go there often and how important is going to spas for you okay so the Scandinavian spa i haven't been in a while obviously because of covid yep. um but i like to do like at least one kind of big getaway spa retreat quarterly 
Um, that's important to me. I call it my founder's retreat and it's just me <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I go to a spa. Um, so that's, yeah, it's super important to me. Even like kind of biweekly, I try to get massages um, or go for a facial, something like that. Um, super important to me. It's like the perfect excuse to turn off your phone, be out of the office and just kind of like focus on being still and relaxing. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't know if you're like the same way. Like, I, I'm like this all the time and I feel like I can't stop. And it's funny because you've been there and you're going to laugh at this. So my girlfriend is like super calm, like down to earth. I'm crazy and erratic. So like, I always want to talk. So I like, I'm like talking to her at the spa and she's like, Morgan, we, we can't talk here. <laughs> like, So someone like pointed at me and told me to stop talking. I was like, oh, they're like really serious about it. Yeah. At, at the oh, they're so serious. <laughs> Very serious. Yeah. They take it so seriously. Yeah. But so no, that's awesome. I like that you do it quarterly. Yeah. What made you decide quarterly? Um, you know, I realized I was like structuring my business quarterly and I was like, well, I should at least reward myself quarterly based on like how I'm building my business. And it feels like the right frequency as well to like kind of drop some serious money and like treat yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it just feels like a good rhythm for me. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, you know, based on building your business, based on the spa, let's get into the three things. So, you know, what we always ask people is what are the three things that you do outside of work in your career that's helping you be successful? Yeah. So the first one, I was trying to think of like the right way to call it, but mm -hmm. basically what I do is I, I outsource the areas I struggle with. Um, so, and this looks different at different seasons of my life. So in the past, you know, I've outsourced like meal prep, I've outsourced to a personal trainer, blowouts, um, I don't want to say it's like throwing money at my problems, but it's like, mm. if I realize that there's a weakness in my life, like I will do what I can to fix it. I mean, there was one point where I was like, oh, I'm not drinking enough water. And I like, I would try journaling. I would try checklists. I would try like reminders on my phone. It wasn't working. So I bought this water bottle that was a hundred dollars, but it sends Bluetooth notifications to my watch and my phone that says, Hey, you're not drinking enough. So that's wild. I didn't even know that even existed. I know. And it's so funny. Cause like five years ago, I was saying to my husband, he's, he was my boyfriend at the time. I was saying, someone needs to invent a water bottle that tracks your water intake and like reminds you to drink. And he was like, that's a weird thing. No one would buy that. And then I saw it and I was like, <laughs> I'm offended, but like also really great that like happy that this has happened. So yeah, I outsource like things that I know I'm going to struggle with. Um, another thing that's really important for me is uh, affirmations and visualization and then being really intentional with my rest. So I noticed that I would feel like I was either working or not working. And that was kind of my entire existence. Um, mm -hmm. But by having an intentional rest practice and like naming it and saying, okay, I'm resting now. I felt like I was able to build it into my routine and take it more seriously. Um, so yeah, outsourcing affirmations, visualization and mm -hmm. intentional rest. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's some good stuff here though. I'm, I'm still a little bit blown away by the water bottle Bluetooth. <laughs> that's, I that's, know that's, like that's so crazy. Bougie, but like so good. <laughs> My trainer was like, why is your water, water, water bottle lighting up? And I was like, just, it's a thing. Just don't, don't even ask. Cause it glows at you to remind you. And then sends yeah. you blue. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That is, that is insane. So, I mean, y'all should go, it's probably on Amazon somewhere. Go, go check yeah. that out y'all. Cause that, that's pretty crazy. So one thing I want to start off with is rest. We've had a lot of people come on the podcast, talk about sleep rest that are extremely high achievers they have vc firms they own businesses like yourself and it's that's always seems to be the cornerstone of sleep which it's funny because when you when you look at certain instagram posts or certain social media posts it's like no sleep get after it so my question to you is something that you mentioned is that 
at one point your existence was just working. So I want to go a little bit deeper there and ask like, what created that? Why, why do you work? Why were you working so hard? What were you trying to prove? What were you trying to accomplish? I, yeah, I love that question. And you're so right. There's so much we see. It's so toxic where it's like hustle, grind, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like I hate that. It's so yeah, not, not healthy. Um, so I think I was kind of in the stage where, you know, I just started my business and I was, I felt like I was spinning my wheels and in order to get ahead, I believe that it was necessary for me to work around the clock skip on sleep, you know, skip on workouts, skip on hanging out with friends, because that was time I could spend building my business. And, you know, I got burnt out very quickly doing that. Um, you know, I think it was maybe six or seven months where I was really, really neglecting every other facet of my life. And I realized I like woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to work for myself. I don't want to work for anyone. Like I am just mm -hmm. exhausted. And it was funny because I realized like I'd made my business into a job I used to hate by like not taking time off, not having flexibility, not being able to take weekends off or, you know, go see a friend for a couple of days. Um, I had done that to myself. And it was so funny because the reason I started my business was to not, not have to deal with that. <laughs> yep. And I had recreated it um, for myself. So I think that was kind of the realization I had that it was just not working. My system was not working and I really needed to, um, you know, go back to the basics and figure out what I could do to change it. That's really interesting. You know, what you were trying to not be is yeah. what it, it became. So can you tell, I've, I've, so I've, I've, I've gone through this before where I, I wouldn't say I like pushed everyone out, but I feel like I just, I, I did like I ostracized a lot of people because I was like, I, I can't hang out because I'm working. And then it gets to a point where no one invites you to anything like, anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no friends. <laughs> right. You watch Instagram's like, why is everyone out without me? What? Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm open. Right. And, and then you don't sleep. And then you are just doing work at every single point. So what were some things that happened? Milestones or events that came to this realization? Because there probably were certain things that came along the way. You didn't just wake up and you're like, this sucks. There are probably certain things that happened. You were like, okay, I got to fix this. Yeah. I mean, there was kind of red flags along the way, I guess. Like exactly like you said, I'd go on Instagram and everyone's mm -hmm. having fun without me. And I'm like, oh, like I, I would have gone. And like with like family events, um, like my sister having a baby, um, it was like, oh, you know, I'll come eventually. I just have to like finish this last little project up. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of little things along the way. But yeah, for me, it really was like, I woke up one day and I was like, wow, I hate this. Like I am miserable. And I think it's because I had like stuffed my feelings down for so long that I like had to wake up one day and be like, wow, this sucks. Like, yeah. So I'd really, really stifled my feelings. What made you do that? What made you bring stifle the feelings down? I think I'm a very, um, like, I don't know if you're like into like astrology or like Myers-Briggs. I, I am. Okay. Yeah. So I'm yeah, like so Capricorn. Capricorn type A, ENTJ. So like very like regimented, very structured, um, like very focused. And I'm like excellent at compartmentalizing my feelings, which isn't actually a good thing. But it was very easy for me to be like, I'm sad and be like, nope, no, I'm not. I'm working. And that was kind of it for a bit. So I think that's just maybe my personality type. Maybe it's like something I picked up in childhood, but I'm very much like I can put my feelings aside if I have to, to do something. So I think that I had realized throughout the journey that I wasn't liking what I was doing. I wasn't enjoying mm. that. I was missing out on this rest. Um, but I just stuffed it down. So, and, and you mentioned we, we can go down this, this route here. Cause I'll bring it back. So you mentioned childhood. Like what are some things that you think happened in childhood that led to like you just being like, ah, eh, whatever. And just being so organized and focused. 
Yeah. So both my parents are entrepreneurs. So I think, you know, seeing that growing up and seeing how driven and committed they both were, I think I had that ingrained in my head that it was like, you have to work hard to get ahead. Money doesn't grow on trees. Um, you know, sleep when you're dead, like all of those like toxic sort of, I'm not saying it was from my parents, but seeing that as a kid, you kind of think like, oh, my parents are always working. So I have to always work. Um, so I think that was a big part of it. Um, I'm the oldest of three daughters. So I think that as well, being the oldest daughter, I don't know if you've seen on TikTok, there's like that trend lately. It's like, give it to an oldest daughter and she'll solve it in a day kind of thing. Um, (laughs) So like, that is like, so true. Like I was very, um, like almost like an adult as a kid, um, you know, very structured, very organized, always like the overachiever in school. So I think that was probably, you know, very early. Those are kind of the roots that came through. Yeah. So a lot of things that you're saying are like very valid and then a lot of things that happen in your your childhood like subconsciously you 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 take those on and then also as well uh i'm a scorpio so it's very easy for us to hide our feelings and so like i feel you in that regard and i'm i'm an nfp so like i also also feel that as well so the thing is with with everything that you're saying i i like highly resonate with it because i was in that same exact spot and i just felt like you know i can only get five or six hours of sleep and i'll be fine like, i'll be fine know, yeah like, you're like i'm not gonna die yeah whatever like you <laughs> know be miserable but <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll make it through and then like you hit a wall and then you're like this sucks so a uh, couple questions here for you so number one is what did you start doing to acknowledge these scenarios and start fixing it and then number two is once you started fixing it in terms of rest what type of rest do you get now and then how do you make sure to get that done yeah so i think the first, the first question, like kind of how I realized that it wasn't working for me. Um, my husband is, he just finished medical school. So he was like very familiar with like burnout and like having to work super hard. And he had said to me like, Hey, you're like this, you're feeling burnt out. That's why you're not motivated. That's why you don't want to do your job. That's why you like want to fire all your clients. Like you're burnt out. So that was kind of the realization, um, or how I kind of came to it and how I knew that there was something that needed to be done there. Um, so he basically said like, you need to figure out what your routine is and what works for you. Um, you know, it was kind of good timing because at church, um, I'm a Christian and we were going through this, like, um, this series basically on like routines and rhythms. And our pastor, he had like released this book that was like talking about his daily rhythms and how he like incorporates his religion to that. And it was so funny because it was almost like a flip had switched for me because a switch had flipped for me. Sorry. <laughs> a flip had switched. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I heard his message the week prior and I was like, oh, this like doesn't apply to me. And then the next week after I'd kind of realized like what I needed, I was like, I need this book. I need to read it. I need everything he's talking about. So he talked about like morning routines, um, like his weekly rhythm where he like has a Sabbath where he doesn't go on his phone or doesn't do any tech for the full day. Um, so even becoming aware that there were solutions or that there were these routines or these rhythms I could incorporate that I wasn't doing, um, that was kind of humbling because I was like, oh, I don't need that. Like, I'm not that type of person. I'm, I'm good. And then you like realize like, no, all humans need rest. Like, you're not yeah. special. Yeah. So that was kind of um, the first realization. Sorry, what was the second question? And the, sec- the second question was rest. Yeah. Right. So, so you figured it out. You yeah. listen to the sermon, which is I, I'm a Christian as well. And like, it's funny because like, you're like, I don't really need to go to church today. And it ends up being yeah. like, what you need. And you're, you're like, like, all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was saying in terms of rest, like how much rest do you get now? And how do you make sure you get that rest? Yeah. Um, okay. So this kind of changes throughout my life. Um, but I try to aim for eight to nine hours a night. I've realized okay. that I'm like, I'm a better person when I'm well rested. Um, I have this app on my phone. It's called Rise, and it it 
uh, links to your Apple watch. Nice. So that can kind of tell you like what your sleep cycle is like, um, if you're getting enough sleep, what your REM is like. Um, it also counts if you have a sleep debt. So that's like, if you are not having high quality sleep, it obviously tracks that over two weeks and it kind of shows you what your sleep debt is. So, you know, with the idea being you have a nap or you I don't know, sleep in an extra day to try to catch up on that. Um, it also shows you like your circadian rhythm. So it shows you like when you're at your peak. Um, it's super cool because you put all this information in when you sign up, you give like your age, like your, I don't know, I think maybe your weight, a bunch of stuff. And it kind of calculates what your circadian rhythm is. So it was super interesting for me to see like, okay, like my peak is like at 11 a.m. So I know that I have to like do all my hard work before 11 and then it kind of dips. And then around, you know, 2.33, I'll have a nap. And then by 6.30, I'm back at another peak. So I will do like one kind of last wrap up for the day. I'll check some emails or do some housework or something around the house that needs to get done. Um, but planning my life around that sort of energy flow has been really, really helpful. And then um, I bought a, a really nice alarm clock, um, which helps in the mornings. I bought, it's like the Philips wake up one, I think it's called. And right. it's like, the you have a lot of gadgets. I love gadgets. I'm a gadget person. <laughs> That's a whole another podcast episode it itself. Is. It's like yeah. gadgets with Laura. It's so funny because I was like this as a kid. Like it, yeah, it's, it's so funny. I'm, I'm the same way, by the way. Yeah. Like everyone like knows I have a gadget or some type of technology for everything. For something. <laughs> I love it. Like there awesome. really, there's an app for everything. I love it. Yeah. So um, that wake up alarm clock has really helped because I used to wake up to like my iPhone and like, not only is that noise so jarring, but then you're like scrambling around to turn it off. And then you you pick up your phone and you, you scroll on Instagram and it's just like the ultimate time vampire. So um, I have that alarm clock. It's like a sunrise. It simulates a sunrise and you have like birds chirping. Um, so that's made my mornings a lot easier. And just being aware of like my energy rhythm that has been so, so helpful too. That's really interesting. I've never heard of the energy rhythm. Is everyone's energy rhythm different? Yeah. So I was doing quite a bit of reading about it. I'm not an expert. Of course, I've read like one article, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I researched it. Um, <laughs> there's different energy types. So I think there's, I think I'm the bear. So there's, like, there's the bear, there's like the night owl, morning bird, obviously. Um, and basically they each have their different energy peaks. So I think I don't actually know what the other two are, but because I'm the bear, I kind of know what mine is. So it's like, it takes me a while to get going in the morning. I have like sleep inertia for like an hour and a half after waking up. And then it's like kind of getting to my peak and then I have that midday nap. So yeah, it's, everyone has a different um, flow. So that is extremely fascinating. I'm yeah. I'm like really into this stuff. Like yeah. I, I know my Instagram, I know my sign, I know my personality type. Like I know like, I know like everything. So now I'm going to go look this up. So for, for the audience, like I hopefully y'all are taking notes on this, but let, let's talk about it again. So the app's called Rise. Yeah. And then if you want to find what is that your energy flow? Is that it's circadian called, rhythm or is those two different things? I think it's things? circadian rhythm. Is it called your sleep profile? It's, I would have to like go back and see, but it, I think if you even Googled like what's my sleep profile or my sleep okay. personality, it should come up. There's only a couple different types. So there shouldn't okay. be like a ton of quizzes to send you down a rabbit hole. Perfect. All right, cool. So we got rest down pack. We know we need to yeah. sleep. Yeah. However, when you wake up, Typically, that's when people do affirmations or visualizations. I'm, I'm assuming that might be the same for you. Yeah, so that's my let, morning routine. Okay, so let's talk about it. Like you mentioned before, you weren't really a, I, I like to call this woo woo person. I was people, not. people don't believe in it. But when you start, yeah. to, you start doing it, you're like, oh, this is obvious. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I, before I even talk about what you do, I want to know, like, what was your perception on woo woo and why was it that way before? Yeah. So I like did not believe in the woo-woo stuff at all. I thought it was like, like, I don't know, 
like a scam, like snake oil. Like I just was like, that's not real. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. So I, I'm a very like logical person. Like I did a degree in business. So like accounting, finance, like economics, like that's the kind of stuff I get. So for someone to tell me like, Hey, if you like look in the mirror and tell yourself you're pretty every day, you're going to believe it. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like it didn't make sense. Um, but my youngest sister is super into that. So I had been exposed to it very young in my life or very early. Um, and then I remember my parents watching the secret probably when I was like 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is also a scam. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then it's crazy because I'd like been exposed to it. And I'd like, I knew that this woo woo world existed, but I hadn't really tapped into it. Um, and then I had a client kind of when I first started out in 2018 and she was doing, um, Bob, do you know who Bob Proctor is? Yeah. 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 So she was doing one of his programs. She became like one of his coaches or facilitators and she was just starting out. She was like, Oh, I would love for you to work through this program with me and like be my guinea pig. And I was like, I kind of felt obligated because she was my client. And like, I really like her. I love her. She, she's amazing. And, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I did it like so half-heartedly. And when I started to kind of like let go a little bit and do it a little bit more, I started to see results. And it's like the craziest thing is I was like, this is going to sound so vain, but I was like, okay, I'm going to try and like manifest this pair of wedding shoes. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but I wanted this pair of Valentino rock studs and they were, they're like $1,100. And I was like, I can't spend $1,100 on a pair of shoes, but whatever. So I was like manifesting. I'm like, they're going to come to me, whatever. I'm going to find the perfect wedding Mm. shoes. And I went to this consignment store. It's like a luxury consignment store in Vancouver. And they had the exact shoes, brand new, unworn for like 500 bucks. And I was like, that's like, that's a sign. I'm sorry. And they're like, oh, it's so weird. You're here. We just got these in like an hour ago. And like, I'd never been to the store before. Wild. I know. So I was like, this might be real. Like, this is crazy. So I like told my coach about it. And she was like, yeah, like that could be like the universe sending you signs. And it was yeah. Like I did it again with a couple of clients. There was like this one client in town. I was like, that would be my dream client. Like I would die and go to heaven if I got to work with this person. And I really believed, I was like, I don't think I'm good enough to work with them, but like, just for fun, like, let's pretend let's visualize me working with them, what that looks like, what it feels like that whole experience. And now I've been working with them for six months and they're my favorite client. And they've like given me so many more opportunities. It's just been the most incredible connection. And I really credit that to visualization and affirmations. So I, I love how you were like, <laughs> I'm going to so write something, I'm, I'm going to write something absurd so I can be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And then you walk in and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, this is Hold awkward. Up. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like it consignment store. It's not like they have a full run of sizes. It's not like they yep. even have control of the stock they get. And like I said, brand new, my size, the exact shoes I had like dreamt of. And it was, yeah, just crazy. That is that is so wild yet so awesome at the same time. Yeah. And I'm glad you told that story because I think it will get some people to come to the woo-woo side. Yeah. I was the same way. I was like, this is the, du-. like, I, I yeah. got, so same, finance graduate, sports management. I was like, logically, that doesn't make any sense to no. me. Like, how can I just write this down and then, like, the universe is going to speak to me. Inspire and make yeah, it happen. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> And I, I write next to me, like, I write down affirmations every single day now. <laughs> I wild. love that. It totally works. What, okay, so let's dive into this. Have there been affirmations that, you, that you've been starting to write or you've written in the past that have, like, immensely helped you? I mean, you talked about the one that, like, got you into it. You talked about the client. But, like, for you, like, like, personally, like, once you wrote down, you're like, I'm happy and grateful of that. And then, like, what are some of those that you want to, like, talk about to the audience? 
Yeah. So when I first started uh, my affirmations, I started doing like things I thought were kind of ridiculous. So I would aff- like, I would write down, like, I'm so grateful now that I make five figures a month. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful that I'm a six figure business, um, things like that. And those have come true, which is incredible. Like such a blessing, um, for me, like just so amazing. Um, other ones I've done, um, I'm an online course creator. I did that for like four or five months before I launched my course. And it was crazy because when I decided to launch my course, I was able to get it done in like four or five days. And it's like, I had hyped up for so long that I like thought it was going to take forever. I was like, Oh, that's gonna take years to do. And as soon as I started actually writing down my affirmations, it was like the paths opened. Like I connected with the right people. I found like a VA to help me set everything up. Like it was just like everything got out of my way. Once I decided to do it after doing those affirmations. I know, I know. Getting an interruption in the middle of the episode and having an ad pop up in the middle of a great point is the worst. However, I want to show some love to my organization and sponsor, JB Sales. And as many of you know, I started out giving out sales content on a YouTube channel and podcast called the SR Chronicles. And I created the one up formula to figure out different concepts. However, on a day-to-day basis, I'm still talking about sales and I am a business professional that happens to give out sales techniques and a sales trainer over at JB Sales. And we train reps for leading companies like Slack, Google, MindBody, Salesforce, and many fast growing companies like that. And what some of you may not know, hot tip, is that you can access our content for yourself with our new on-demand platform. So people are constantly asking me for my sales tips and constantly asking questions from multiple platforms like on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything that I talk about is inside of the on-demand platform. And we're seeing crazy results from people all across the board. And people are DMing me telling me, hey, we're, we're scheduling 20x more meetings, 2x on our cold call conversions and using video prospecting to schedule net new meetings into accounts they never were able to. So if you're interested in this, on these incredible results that we're seeing, feel free to check us out. And if you're in sales, and if you're looking to up your sales game, this is for you. So check us out, JB Sales On Demand over at ondemand.jbarrows.com. That's ondemand, J-B-A-R-R-O-W-S.com. And per usual, I'll put the link in the show notes. All right, let's get back in the episode. Um, right now I write like, um, I am a decisive person. I follow through and support myself in love because mm-hmm. one thing I struggle with is like being decisive and it's like, should I do that? Should I not do that? So I'm working on saying like, I'm a decisive person and I follow through. So what's the reason for that? Like what leads you to, to have an obstacle with decisiveness? Where's that come yeah. from? Yeah. You know, that's such a good question. Probably something I have to flesh out with my therapist. (laughs) I think it's like, you know, we have information overload and I think sometimes it can be scary to make a decision because you're worried about all the possible outcomes and like what Mm -hmm. you're saying no to by saying yes to something else. Um, so something I struggle with is saying no, and I have gotten a lot better at it, but like if someone messaged me for anything ever, I'd be like, yes, here it is. Like, yes, I will do that. Yes. Like I would say Mm -hmm. yes to everything. Um, so working on my decisiveness, like intuitively tapping into my intuition and saying like, I know that's not a good fit for me. I should say no. And just saying no to something. So I've gotten a lot better at that because I'm saying to myself, like I am a decisive person and I follow through. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's been a really helpful one for me. But yeah, I think even as women, like we struggle to say no to people. Like we have that like nurturing instinct where we want to say, yes, we want to help. We want to rescue. And I think 
for me being able to say no to a lot of things really, yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> so this, this is actually an interesting question I have here because from a, from a woman's perspective, like you said, you want to support other women, especially other women in business, right? Yeah. And it and even goes even further, women that are founders or CEOs like yourself, like that's even more rare. So how do you have the decisive to, to tell someone no? And like, what, how do you categorize that to be like, like, I see you might be a woman in business, but like, I, I actually am too busy for this right now. And I got other commitments. Like, how do you have that conversation? Yeah. So I have um, my business manager who kind of is the middle person between me and everyone else. Okay, cool. Um, so that really helps. And I have fleshed out a criteria with her of like who I want to work with, um, who's not a good fit. Um, I read, I don't know if you've read Traction, but it's just- I haven't. Oh, it's so good. You'll love it. I think you'd really like it. So the first chapter is like figuring out your vision and like your values and your goals and who you work with, how you work with them. Um, so once I kind of fleshed all of that out, I was able to say to her like, okay, this is who I want to work with. These are the people I'll like do free workshops with these are the people I will do like podcasts, interviews, whatever. I will do it with these people and everyone else is a no. And that's been hard, but I think having like almost like a gatekeeper, having someone in the middle has been really, really helpful. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a life hack. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. Hopefully y'all, y'all taking notes on that, on that one. Cause that's a, that's a really good nugget and it's, it's, it's tough, right? Cause you, especially if you've been in the position where you've, are continuously climbing throughout your career and you don't want to say no to someone because you know where that person's at but at the same time you have to say no because otherwise you're not going to get to the next step where you personally want to go and hit your own goals you have to protect your energy for sure and i think part of my religion is tithing so like you know giving up your time and your resources mm -hmm. um so i make sure you know there's an hour every week that i am tithing my time um i volunteer with the crisis center not as much anymore because of covid but like that was one thing i was doing now I want to go to the morning routine on the affirmations and visualizations. So like, how does that, how does that work? Walk us through your morning when you're doing these. Yeah. So the first thing I do is not, not, not grab my phone um, <laughs> because I feel like that's such a reflex. People want to grab their phone. They want to like get on their phone and do something. Yep. So how long do you not get on your phone for? I try to say two hours. It usually okay. ends up being like closer to an hour, hour and a half. Um, so that's like eh, working on that. Um, but that's like the first thing I'll do. Um, then I will do, um, I don't know if you use the app. It's called insight timer. I have that app. I love that app. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A good like, app. That yeah. one's so good. So that they always have really good, um, meditations on there. So you can sort by like, um, like practice, you can sort by like time, you can sort by like everything. I'm sure you've seen it. So I like that one. Um, I'll usually do like a visualization, um, or like a affirmation, uh, meditation, like five to 10 minutes usually. Um, and then I have like my, my morning, my five minute journal. Um, so that I write down like what I'm grateful for, what makes, like what would make today great. And then I write down like my affirmations. So do you know, uh, Tim Ferriss or do you know of Tim Ferriss? Uh, oh yeah. Tim Ferriss is, is great. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. So he has like his five minute journal. Um, I haven't incorporated the nighttime routine yet, unfortunately. Um, but the, the morning routine I have incorporated, so that's what I do every morning. And then I write down my affirmations and then I have a separate journal where I just write the affirmations again over and over and over. Um, I try to do like one page of it, the same thing just over and over to try and like ingrain it into my head. And because I am like the bear or whatever my morning type is, I do take a little while to wake up. So being able to have my mornings buffered with that is really helpful. 
I let, so uh, this is really interesting because no one said this before. You you write your so it's actually funny. I have the six minute journal next to me. So <laughs> what's a six minute? There's a there's a six minute journal. What do you do in that extra minute? <laughs> they have they have. Uh, I mean, it might be this one's a success journal, so this is a little bit different. But it has a to do list, and it's and it's broken down by cake topping and cherries on top. So the cake topping basically means like you have to do these. They're mandatory. Yeah. yeah. Cherries on top is like they're important, but like if it doesn't happen that day, it's okay. And you do like the next day kind of thing. Yep. And then it says two things you're grateful for. I'm looking forward to, and it says focus of the day, which is your affirmation. And then it has like, and also has two relax lists because I, I typically am just like this. So I have something I'll write down and be like, this is what I'm going to do. Hang out with friends, video games, et cetera. And then it says like thoughts, ideas, and wins of the day. So. Oh, I love that. So it's, it's a little bit different. Yeah. I like that though. Like the cake topping and that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like super cool and I use it every single morning. And so like, that's like how I focus on the affirmations piece. And, but, but it's interesting that you write it down and then you write it down even more. Do you look at it at the end of the day, what you write down or is it that that's the only time you look at it? That's the only time I look at it. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like, you kind of get to like a flow, like kind of Zen when you start writing yeah. it because it's just like the same thing over and over and over and it kind of makes you internalize it. Um, yeah, no, I don't look at it again. It's just like I do it once and that's kind of it. it. And then I have like this full page, but like ahead of me to look at. Do you say them out loud? Uh, not really. Um, okay. I haven't. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's more effective if you do. I have written them like on my mirror before so that I see it in the mirror when I like get ready or in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've never like actually like said them, said them. Yeah. So it, it, this, this is another interesting part is that we had. So we have one person who is. It does the same thing, affirmations, but they go out to a lake and they say it out to the lake. I think I listened to that one. It was the yeah, it was like, um, I forget her name. Yeah, Patricia. Yeah, so Patricia. like yeah, I knew something with a P. Yeah, yeah. So and then Hala did does it too, and she was the next episode, and then she does it. She did it in the car at one point. So it's just like interesting how it's the same thing, but everyone does it differently. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That's it's so interesting to know that like everyone has their own way of implementing like almost the same practice, but we all yep. have our own kind of twist on it. Yeah, so cool. You yeah, do I know it works for you. you. You have to. I mean, that's that's the biggest piece here is you have to do what works for you and figure out how that's consistent. And when you visualize, do you do it in your place? Do you walk and do the visualization? Do you go to do you go to a special spot? Like, how does that work? I usually just do it here, like on the couch. Yeah, I've like yeah. walked and visualized or tried to do that before, but my dog is like always pulling and like missing things. It's like, this this feels wrong. This feels dangerous. This is not so, it. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't really work anymore. But when it, before I had him, I would like, there's a really beautiful, have you ever been to, you've been to Vancouver. Have you been to Charleston yep. Park? Yes. Charleston Park is like my favorite place in Vancouver and they have like awesome. that like whole pathway. Yeah, so I just like walk around before I had my dog and I would do my visualizations there. Yeah, it's a good spot. It's really beautiful. any spot you go in Vancouver outside is going to be know, nice. So like right on the seawall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I know we're spoiled. So we got the rest affirmations, yeah. visualization, and now we got to figure out the outsourcing. So this one's really interesting because one of the things that you mentioned was weaknesses. So how do you determine your weaknesses? Yeah. So if I have like a priority that's not getting done and I can like see that it's not mm -hmm. getting done over like, I don't know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I realize like that's, if I can't figure out how to do that thing, it's just never going to happen. Um, so one of them is like cooking. Like I don't love cooking. I don't love going to the grocery store. Um, it's just not my thing. So, you know, for so long I would order Uber eats almost every single day, or I would like throw together like a bunch of leftovers. Like it was never like healthy, delicious food. 
Um, so I realized like, okay, this isn't working. Like I've been, I'm an adult. I've been adulting for a few years now. I should know how to cook, but I don't. So like, yep. here we are. Um, and that was like the, the reason I said like, okay, I need to outsource my meal prep. So we have a meal prep company we get food twice a week. And that's really helped with taking the pressure off of me to like be in the kitchen cooking all day or like doing something that I don't love doing. Um, so that's been a big part of it. Um, same with like personal training. I like had Peloton at home and I was like, this isn't working. Like it's not fitting my lifestyle. I'm not doing it consistently. And that was when I was like, okay, if I have a trainer, like if I don't show up, they're going to charge me. So I, I have to go to the gym. So that's been really helpful as well. Um, but just like whenever I see something's not working and I like can see that I've, I've made steps or like thought of ways to try and change it, I'm still not fixing it. That's when I'm like, okay, I need like outside support with this. And so how do you budget for the outside support or it doesn't matter to you? Uh, no, it matters. Definitely. Um, so, you know, I like to think there's a couple ways you can kind of think about it. There's like the cost benefit mm -hmm. analysis. There's like the opportunity cost. Um, I usually go with opportunity costs and I'll think like, okay, if I'm spending, you know, an hour at the grocery store, then I'm spending an hour thinking about what I'm making. And then I spend like, you know, a couple hours every night cooking, that's like five or six hours a week of cooking and meal prepping. Um, so for me, that's the time I could spend relaxing to, you know, be reinvigorated in my business or it's time I could be working with clients. I could be doing consults. I could be doing anything else. Um, so that was kind of, for me, that was like a no brainer. It was like, okay, I'm actually like saving money by hiring someone to help me with this. So that was kind of how I decided on that. Do you have like a spreadsheet where you, where you analyze that or is it just, you do it like in your head? Like how do you I just do it in my it? head? Yeah. I okay. probably should have like a spreadsheet, but yeah, I just kind of do it in my head. I'm like, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like people would, would love a spreadsheet like that. I know. Yeah. So you can like justify your ridiculous purchases. <laughs> yeah. I mean like an outsource spreadsheet because there's probably a lot of people yeah. listening in that have never thought of this before. They're there's like, wow, a, I could outsource it. I actually was thinking that there is one. I like, I haven't used it, but my friend, or I used to work with her. She's like an old client of mine. Mm -hmm. She's a systems coach, I guess you'd call it. Okay. And she has like a cat, like a calculator on her website. It's called what's your time worth. And you like literally can put in there, like what your time is worth and figure out like, okay, if, if my time is worth $50 an hour and it yep. costs $40 to do this, then it makes sense for me to outsource that thing at $40 an hour. Um, so that's like the closest thing I've seen to it, which is great. That's awesome. Do you, do yeah. you have wh who that person is? If someone wants to go check that out? Uh, yeah. Uh, I totally forget what she's going by now. Yeah. And no, we can share, we can share with everyone after too as well. Yeah. So, and then as you find it, when you've been outsourcing, what are like the top five things that you outsource and like, how's that made you feel and how's it freed up your time? Yeah. So top five things I've outsourced would definitely be like personal trainer, uh, meal prep. Um, my business manager has been so helpful. Like I would recommend that to everyone having like a gatekeeper or a person in between to kind of help you do everything, especially cause I have a team of four. So for me to have to individually go to each person and say like, Hey, I need this done. I need that done. It's really exhausting and time consuming. So my business manager has really been helpful with that. Um, blowouts. I used to go for weekly blowouts before COVID because doing my, I have really long thick hair and it takes me forever to do it. So for me to be able to outsource that was really helpful. Um, what else? I even think like, you know, some of the apps I use, I think of those as outsourcing because it's like, mm -hmm. I don't have to, you know, track my sleep or I don't have to worry about my sleep because there's literally an app that's doing it for me. So I kind of consider that a form of outsourcing as well. Okay. So on the apps, what are some top apps you'd recommend? Yeah, I love Rise. Um, we okay. talked about that one for sleeping. Um, I have this other one called Screenshot Pro that I love. 
Um, I don't know about you, but I'm always screenshotting things. And then afterwards, I'm like, where is that screenshot yeah. that, that Bob sent me or whatever, right? And the cool thing about this app is it like actually reads the text um, on the screenshot. So if you type in like Bob, it will pull up the screenshot where Bob has said I'm Bob or whatever, right? Um, so that's a really good one that I use. Um, what are some of the other apps I use? I really like Evernote um, for coordinating mm. like my notes across different um, tools. Um, what else do I like? I mean, I use a lot of different ones for my business. I like Asana. Um, yeah, there's lots. I like Kajabi. Like I use that for my own course platform. And then I also like use it for any of the courses I'm a part of. Like I have it on my phone and I can just sign into the course and listen while I'm walking or cleaning mm -hmm. up or whatever. Yeah. Is, and so on outsourcing, right? So you've outsourced like meal prep, working out, having a trainer, things of that nature. How do you determine when you don't need to outsource anymore? Or do you, have you gotten to that point yet? Um, like for the blowouts, for example, I used to go like almost weekly for a blowout and then yep. I ended up getting this like blowout brush and now I do my blowouts at home. Um, yep. that was partially because of COVID, but also because I was like, oh, like I actually like doing my hair now because it's not a total pain when I have this brush. <laughs> yep. Um, so that was like something I switched over to, um, you know, there have been times where my husband's like, oh, like let's like pick a couple recipes and like cook together. And that's like when I'll be like, okay, like I'm going to pause meal prep for the week. Um, yeah, I mean, most of the time it's like, it either is like a temporary measure where it's like, I just need help for like a little bit with this one thing, or it's like a long-term ongoing relationship with that person. Yeah. I think it's really important because just because you outsourced it for a month doesn't mean you have to continue it. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. it, may, it may be a temporary fix or like sounds like probably the two most important ones is probably like the trainer and the business manager overall. Those probably end up being more long-term. Yeah. I mean, we've been with our trainer for like a year now. And the business yeah. manager, um, she's only been with me for a few months, but it's been so worth it. I had an executive assistant before that, which was great. Um, but it's nice to have someone that can kind of step into the next the next step there. And th and that make, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, having all those things in play frees up time for you, like you mentioned, to do the things that you love. So did you get this idea from a mentor? Did you just you just woke up one day and was like, I need to start outsourcing? Like, how did you get into this? Um, I think it's something that I saw and heard a lot on social media where it was like, mm. you know, stay in your zone of genius. Like you don't have to be invoicing people. Like you don't have to be the one like chasing clients for like projects. Um, so like reading that a lot was kind of like, Oh, like I don't have to do that. Like I don't have to be the one <laughs> sending those emails. Um, so that was kind of like a revelation and then thinking about how I could apply that to the rest of my life has been really like amazing. I mean, I mean, yeah, like I'm thinking, right now like things that i probably need. i'm like dang i could be outsourcing this, this is a good yeah. point and yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of the reasons that i got a trainer myself is that yeah. i i would like go look up workouts to be like all right cool let me go figure it out for the week and i was like it's just like a waste of time let me just get someone who's who knows what they're doing exactly. so i can just go do it yeah you like look up this workout and you're like okay i'm gonna do that and then you're like it says to do like eight and you're like I'll just do five whatever <laughs> like it's right. almost the same basically the same yeah so and you're and you're doing it wrong <laughs> and you're doing it wrong so you have an injury yeah like it's so brutal yeah i think that makes a lot of sense so we we've covered all these three things and we appreciate this information that you're sharing with the audience here i mean there, there's a ton of nuggets that people can take action on uh, one of the things that we ask people towards the end is what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten recently? Oh, this is a good question. Um, I don't know if it's a piece of advice, advice more as it is like a way of thinking, um, but I even have it on a post-it note here. Um, it says, what if it were easy? And it's this idea of, you know, 
imagining these things that you see as obstacles, like what if it was easy? So for me, I've been struggling with like, you know, onboarding my team, being a strong leader. And, you know, I have to ask myself, like, what if it was easy? Like, what if it were easy? What if it felt good? What if it was in flow? What if it was like perfect? And I mean, not perfect is the right word, but what if it were easy, right? Like, yeah, what if yeah. it felt right? You know, so that's something I've been really thinking about and wondering how I can kind of implement that um, moving forward. So not really a piece of advice, but more of a, a mindset shift, perhaps. I, I mean, I, I like that because you, you aren't going to get to the next level if everything was simple and easy. You probably look at every single successful person, successful sports team, event. There was some type of obstacle that they had to overcome to get to the next step. And, yeah, and you I, appreciate it more at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And it's like you need to get through all of that. Um, but I think it's like, especially for me, like I internalize a lot and it like it stresses me out. So instead of me being like, stressed about like client work or instead of me being stressed about like what my team is up to it's like what if I like take a step back and I like let it be easy like let my team empower themselves like let that be easy I think it's a it's a nice shift yeah so as we wrap up you mentioned something here that I want to double click on is that it it's it stress things like this stresses you out is that when you just have like a lot of responsibilities that are getting flung at you like like how does that work there yeah. I mean, I try to do everything as much as I can, but it's so mm. hard. So it's like, I will wake up with like a hundred emails. I'll have like a ton of DMS. I'll have like mm. a bunch of requests. Um, even at home, like we're moving next month. So that's like another thing that I'm like, ah, like I have to get boxes. <laughs> Moving's I, just stressful. <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever. I like when I moved into this place, I was like, I'm never moving again. And then my husband got a job in Ottawa on the other side of Canada. And I'm like, okay, we're moving. So <laughs> that's been, yeah, that's been interesting. So that's like another thing that's stressing me out for sure right now. And I want to follow up on that because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things from your standpoint, like you're on social and you're posting a lot and you're getting a lot of DMs, you're getting a lot of engagement. This is the one thing I do want to touch on here because I know a lot of people listening and they, they struggle with it or they are about to struggle with it at some point. Talk a little bit about imposter syndrome and have you ever felt that? And how do you overcome that? Cause it gets very similar to like, Hey, this everything's not easy. And I feel like that just comes as part of everything that you do. So I'd love to yeah. hear a little bit, a little bit from you from that. I think like imposter syndrome is so real. Like it's, it's so pervasive. I think almost everyone's experiencing it to some degree. Um, you know, for me, what I've been doing, um, this is kind of something that's recommended to me by a mentor is like, just screenshot like all of your wins and have like a swipe file or a hype file or whatever you want to call it, where you have like all of these wins um, in one place for you to go look at. So like, I've got a bunch of things screenshot from people. I have the message you sent me actually, where you're like, I love your course. Like I kept that. <laughs> like, I love going back and reading those things from people who have said like, oh, this was awesome. Like, thank you for explaining this thing that way. Um, that really helps. I also think, you know, it's, it's kind of par for the course. Like, I think it's normal to feel like an imposter sometimes. Um, I don't know if you know, like the Dunning-Kruger effect, but it's basically like the more you, okay. So it's basically this, like, the more you know about something, the more you feel like you don't know about it because you know so much and you realize there's so many different ways of thinking about that one thing. Yep. Um, whereas like, if you approach something for the first time, you're like, oh, I know everything there is to know about this. But like, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. Um, so that's like part of, part of our journey. I think as entrepreneurs, it's like, I know a lot about social media, but sometimes I'm like, do I know everything about social media? Like, am I missing something? So yeah. I think like being aware um, that that's like normal also helps. Like, I think it's normal to sometimes feel like you don't know what you're doing or to feel like an imposter. I think normalizing that helps as well. 
Yeah, so it, it's funny that you mentioned the hype folder. Like I have a positivity folder as well from like all the different clients and results and people that have messaged me. And so I look at that when I'm like, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and what I'm am I doing? Yeah. yeah. Like what's yeah. happening? We all have it. And now that you mentioned that I I definitely the same thing. It's like even what I'm doing, it's like I'm like, there's something else here. Like, even though like you have the insight, but it's like there I I got it, there's something else there. And you always like, but it pushes you, right? It's the it does. The thing that I always tell people is growing 1% every single day. Like, so if you focus on that, right, then event, you're going to gain as much knowledge as possible. But if you always are focused on that, you, you always will be in growth mode, which I feel like if you're not in growth mode, that's when things start dying, to deteriorate yeah. and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So I guess in a way you're saying like imposter syndrome is a good thing. That's like it, it pushes it's, you, right? It's, it's interesting. I, I, so so this is this is somebody that I'm gonna give this advice. So in, in some way, yes, in some ways, no. And so he told me he's like, "Hey, at the end of the day, you're never gonna make it." Wow. So we'll think we'll think. And, 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 and so it's perspective here. He said, "Yeah, if you always think that you're never gonna make it, yeah, then you always will push yourself. But yeah. the moment you think that you've made it, then." You're done. Yeah. You're done because then like people can lap you, people can pass you. Right. So I think to a certain degree, we always will have imposter syndrome because it's like, uh, I don't know, like, is this really what I should be about? But at the same time, you shouldn't let it stop you. It should be one of those things where it's like, I'm always going to push to the next level because if, if we go like super deep with it, like you yourself might have imposter syndrome because like you haven't reached the potential of where you want to go yet. Yeah. Totally. Right? I think it might be a good thing in a way. It pushes so, you. Yeah. So I think it depends on how you look at it. But like the best advice I ever got was just like, hey, like if you think about, hey, you've ne you're never going to make it in, in a sense where like, hey, you made it like you had that one interview. You talked to that one person. It's like, oh, I'm here now. But if you, yeah, if you no, never I think of it, it, yeah, if you never think about it that way, then you're always pushing yourself. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I like that. It's, inter it's an interesting note. I never, I never thought of imposter syndrome being a good thing, though, because that's an interesting point as well. Well, it forces you to learn more, right? Because you think yeah. there's always something else out there. But I think it's like that awareness, too. It's like you can never know everything. You can never be like no. the ultimate guru on yeah, everything. So yeah. it's not possible. And if that and if someone says that they are, then that's when you have to run. Run far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <and> fast. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Awesome. Well, Laura, it's been a blast talking with you and, and hearing your story and also sharing a lot of things you're doing to be successful in your whole routine. Where can people find you and what are you working on that you want to share? Yeah, I'm over on Instagram at bsquared.social and I'm working on a membership right now um, for Reels. So basically the membership is you get a weekly email with content prompts and audio trending audios to use for your Reels for the week. Um, so that's what I'm working on and that's where you can find me. Awesome. So if y'all want to get in the Reels game, definitely hit Laura up. It's got great content in there. And Laura, thank you so much for coming on the One Up Former podcast. And as I always say, y'all, one up and we'll see you all next time.